Welcome to the SAP Experts Podcast. My name's Steven Spears. It is great to be back with you for another episode together. And I'm excited because today's episode, I have the opportunity to talk to Tim McKnight, Executive VP and Chief Security Officer here at SAP. Tim's closing in on a 30-year career as a security professional, both in government service and in industry, doing everything from cloning phones to penetration testing to strategy. He is a fascinating guy and a pleasure to talk to. We dive into Tim's early career experience at the FBI, learn his key principles for a great cybersecurity strategy and team, talk about both fishing and fishing, let's see what I mean there, and a whole lot more. All of that on this episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. Tim McKnight, welcome to the podcast, Tim. Thanks, Stephen. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. We're excited to have you. And I, I have to admit, I wish I would have planned this, but I, I have to be honest, I did not know October was Cybersecurity Month at SAP. I, I had no idea. You have great timing. What can I tell you? So, uh, but thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm certainly looking forward to the conversation and, and making sure people really uh, help us in our, in, our, in our challenge around cybersecurity. Yeah. I'd love for you to go ahead and uh, tease that here at the top of the show. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit more about what's going on with that. So certainly we've been doing this for, for many years uh, now at SAP, and this has become certainly a, a global effort, I would say, for most companies that October is the month where, uh, I guess in my view, we should start every meeting with a discussion around cybersecurity. We should uh, talk to our family about it, mm. uh, our <laughs> boss, our, our teams, um, and it really should just be a top priority, not that it shouldn't be all the time. But here at SAP, we're going to have lots of, uh, you know, live events uh, online. We're going to have games. Um, we're going to have even swag, give out some free stuff, I'm sure, mm-hmm. as part of the, the overall efforts. Um, and we want, uh, we want ideas from people. We want to know how we can really, uh, you know, protect our company, protect our shareholders, protect our, our board um, as we move forward uh, and, and really maintain the trust that our, our customers put in us. So. Yeah, that's awesome. It'd only be apt that my computer will make me change my password next month too, right? Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> only 700 characters, uh, yeah. you know, so we'll make sure you, you get treated just like everybody else. Don't worry. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. That's the, that's the part I'm excited about. But uh, no, I, like I said, it's great to have you on here because I, I I'm really curious to talk about, you know, really how you got interested in cybersecurity and how that's led to where you're at now. So what what put you on the path to get into the world of cybersecurity when you first got into it? Yeah, thanks. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a, a great road, I will certainly say. So one one thing I want to do is infect anybody who has interest in uh, <laughs> in a cybersecurity career. Uh, but how did I get started? Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. So I actually was a uh, computer specialist uh, in the FBI, and I mm-hmm. used to st- uh, stand up uh, command posts for big crises. Actually, the Atlanta Olympics, uh, in fact, the bombing there was one of the Were ones I was that? involved in. Oh, I was part of that. Yes. And uh, actually, the Unabomber case and a few other cases I was involved in uh, as, as a support employee for the FBI. And then I became an FBI agent. Um, subsequently. And uh, the funny thing was the first few years, they let me be a typical what you see on TV, work uh, bank yeah. robberies. I worked uh, drugs. I worked public corruption. And then they happened to find out that, yes, I knew how to code and uh, I could actually, I actually understood how the computer worked. 
um, and how servers worked and how networks worked. And I became uh, what was called an infrastructure protection agent. So I was focused on hacks against um, critical infrastructure. So our water systems, energy, uh, and, and the rest. And, uh, you know, I'd say the rest was history. For me, um, I, I found it to be so interesting because uh, it, was, uh, it was very difficult to prosecute in a sense, uh, you know, you had actors mm-hmm. from all around the world. I had to work with uh, different agents from London to, to uh, Ch- you know, Russia and China. Um, and, it, and it was very, you know, tough job to really prosecute uh, hackers um, globally around the world. So, but I, I found it to be really challenging. I love a big challenge and certainly it's been a challenging career for me. Yeah. How common was infrastructure attacks from a cybersecurity standpoint at that time? Yeah, it was um, mid 90s uh, to you know, late 90s. So uh, believe it or not, more common than most people realized. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, you were busy, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, we, we were busy and we were growing. Uh, it was really at the beginning of the FBI started. I stood up a squad that was focused on what they called high tech crime back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, cyber was a part of that intrusions, data breaches, um, were part of that. So it was growing, but I think it was more in the, uh, defense industrial base attacks, military attacks, uh, mm-hmm. intellectual property theft, uh, you know, between nations, uh, than what it is today, which I'm sure we can talk about a little bit about the criminal aspects and, and other reasons for why, why they do what they do. Yeah, well, was a floppy disk considered a high tech attack at the time? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly could be, right? I mean, just yeah. like today, uh, uh, certainly, it is, is it an opportunity to inject, uh, you know, malware into your system? Uh, maybe not a floppy disk uh, anymore, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but certainly uh, a, a nice, uh, you know, thumb drive dropped in a parking lot can still be a, an opportunity to put it in the wrong system and 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 give access to the the wrong people. So, yeah. Um, but yes, I'm surprised you haven't uh, ended up on. I haven't seen you on a Netflix documentary yet. I do have to be honest, like as much as we watch the true crime ones, it sounds like you would have been in that area at the time where something would have called and be like, we got to get Tim on the horn for this story. Yeah. I'm clearly not made for the camera. Uh, so uh, so but certainly, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting because I actually do have a friend who uh, I believe they he was a, a, a uh, agent who worked um computer crime for, uh, NCIS. Oh, and, nice. uh, yes. And he actually was somebody who they used for NCIS and that television show. Um, I have not been tapped by, uh, you know, Hollywood in any way, uh, shape or form, <laughs> but certainly my son says I should write a book one of these days, but I have a feeling the FBI will probably black out everything that's, uh, useful. Yeah, it's so. all redacted, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that, that, that's funny. So, I, so you're, you're in the FBI, you know, they, they've tapped you to do this type of cybersecurity stuff. Yep. What, I mean, that seems like a pretty sweet gig. What, when did you realize, or, or what was it that made you realize it was time to, to go into the private sector? Yeah, no, great question. So, uh, yeah, it was the late 90s, right? So we're going back some years. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, and at that time, uh, you know, I'd say, you know, actually a, a whole bunch of businesses were hit by a very massive denial of service attack called, believe it or not, Stockledrot. So there I can actually remember things, but it was, uh, it denied service to Yahoo, which, you know, I guess, uh, you know, for the, those who don't know what Yahoo is, 
Um, it was a big search engine, uh, yeah. among other things. Uh, Cisco Systems, who sold actually at that time about 80% of their network gear was sold online, believe it or not. Wow. Um, so they had massive losses and a whole bunch of other companies that were hit, Exodus Communications anyway. And what happened was uh, all of these tech companies re- realized that they needed cyber people, although we weren't called that really. We we're sort of information security or network security people. Mm. And um, and they hired us. And for me, I, I guess I recognized one, you know, the FBI was, you know, at that time, I, I can't say that now, was was ill prepared because um, cyber, you know, was not a top priority um, mm. at all. It was still the day of drugs and terrorism, you know, and those were the top priorities. It's kind of interesting because I, 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 um, I realize now when you look at the Every year, the Bureau puts out, the FBI puts out its top 10 priorities. Mm-hmm. And cyber is actually a part of the top three um, and, and individually by itself, a top priority for the FBI now where they have computer scientists. They have, all, uh, I would say, probably about 10x the number of agents that they had back then. There were probably 40 of us yeah. um, back then. So it's a real top priority. At that time, it was not. It was very hard to go into an, uh, a U.S. attorney's office and say, hey, I got this whole group in Bulgaria that's stealing <laughs> all these credit cards, you know, and buying equipment and sending it uh, from the U.S. back to Bulgaria. Um, and the U.S. attorney would be like, I have no idea what to do with that. So uh, <laughs> thank you very much for entering my office. So, yeah, exactly. So, yes. Yeah, that's funny. So so these yeah. private companies then were, were kind of coming forth and, and you kind of saw that they're they were valuing, I guess, the the role and the expertise a little bit more. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I saw it as an opportunity. It was a tough move. I mean, I can certainly say um, I loved my, you know, almost 10 years with the FBI. I loved mm-hmm. the people. I loved the mission. Um, but certainly I felt like from a career perspective, uh, you know, if I really wanted to be part of what the future of information security, cybersecurity was, uh, you know, I had to go to a tech company. And Cisco is where I went, actually, right out of the FBI, which was the Google of its time, at least mm-hmm. in 1999. So, yeah, that's a fascinating stat of 80% of their business was online then, uh, you yes. know, because there's businesses now that are, are way less than that. And you yeah. think they're digital first companies, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, Cisco was, uh, I think the stock was splitting every year at that point, uh, year over year, it was going crazy. And I remember it was the build out of the internet and they were core, literally core to um, the networking and, and build out of the internet. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. So I, I, I guess we can fast forward because there's there's all these these spots in between uh, yeah. that, that you were kind of, were you just building up really more expertise on what was going on? Everything between then and now, what, what had yeah. that kind of helped you in your career with? Yeah, great question. So, uh, well, I was fortunate. So the FBI, not only, you know, did I have the, uh, they gave me a lot of training. So uh, mm-hmm. I trained with uh, several three-letter agencies on how to do network uh, penetration, exploitation, uh, you know, how to actually, you know, investigate and run incident response. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I went to Cisco, yeah, they, at that time, even they were they were a company that said, hey, take off every Friday and go study. Um, so oh, it was nice. kind of funny at that time. I think I got my my Cisco networking professional uh, certification. I, I got I got all sorts of certifications through Cisco at the time mm-hmm. to really be proficient at a, um, you know, I'll call it an engineering level at a te- 
technical level uh, during that time, which I, I mean, I certainly uh, have uh, enjoyed the opportunity to continue to develop my skill sets. I probably, I, I've clearly uh, forgotten more than I've, I've uh, learned through the years at this point, but, but I can certainly say it's been a, it's been a, it's been a great opportunity. Yeah, as you say, in your role now, you're probably not doing much sitting down and actually doing the uh, the, the fighting here right now. No, no, no. Yes, yeah, sadly, not anymore. Uh, you know, many years ago, uh, I think when I I really rose into a, a level of my first big, you know, chief information security officer role, um, I still remember my boss sitting down with me and sort of looking at me and say, you know, you got to let go of the keyboard um, <laughs> and you got to really manage your team and trust them to do that work uh, moving forward and, and not micromanage as, as much. Uh, so I, I'm sure my team now is very happy. I'm not that same person as I was, mm-hmm. you know, 16 years ago. Um, and I trust them to, to, to know their work, to do their job. And, uh, Although I, I, it was a hard transition, I think, for anyone, that transition from being I am the expert and I'm mm-hmm. the hands-on person to, you know, managing people and teams is, is, is a transition. It's, it's, a, it's a change. Yeah, I, I bet the, the war stories when you get together with other like chief security officers, those are some pretty fascinating. Uh, let me tell you about this one incident. Yeah, I'll actually. Uh, so I do get together about twice a year with a group called World 50. Um, and it's some of the biggest, uh, you know, security officers, uh, of the top companies. And, uh, yes, we do share, I, I think we've all seen everything at this point in our yeah. careers. Um, probably much, uh, a lot of it can't be published in yeah. any way, but, but certainly, yeah, we've had some pretty entertaining, uh, lives along the way. Uh, so, uh, no doubt about that. Yeah. So if we're coming to today in your role, you know, here at SAP, um, what would you say uh, keeps you up at night, I guess is a good term to say it, or, or really what organizations and you uh, are most worried about right now when it comes to cybersecurity? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I, I, a few things, right? I, I, number one, I think um, we're, we're in a bit of an arms race uh, and, a, and a race condition at all times in cybersecurity. I mean, I can certainly, you know, you just heard a little bit about my early days uh, in doing this. Um, and I can certainly tell you, I would never have thought that this space would continue to be on a 45 degree degree angle, really? uh, upward lift, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the, the attackers ability to compromise systems to, you know, get the outcomes they're looking for. Um, you know, I, I, and the reason I say that is in the early days, you know, like we discussed, it was, you know, the really highly skilled nations, you know, you know, you can throw the U.S. in there, you can throw Israel in there, you can throw Russia and China uh, in there. Um, if there were five countries like that 20 years ago, there's now 50 countries like that today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're dealing with some very sophisticated um, teams, you know, whether they're nation state. Uh, or even in some cases, when they're, whether they're criminal actors, uh, you know, running ransomware attacks, which we know have been growing and growing um, over over the last few years in particular. Um, you know, we're dealing with people who wake up every day with the intent and purpose to break into a company, break into a government agency, steal intellectual property, gain access to a system and maintain that access. Um, so, you know, I, I think the biggest fears I have is what we don't know, uh, right? And uh, 
you know, how prepared we are for our worst day uh, in terms of our ability to respond quickly, mitigate the attack and really recover, you know, uh, the company in a way that's, that allows us to move forward and, and be successful in business. So, so that's, that's the challenge we face. And I, I think that the, you know, on one side, uh, the good side is that it makes for a pretty exciting day, as you said, uh, yeah. <laughs> for any security officer. On the other side, you know, it can also make for some really tough days uh, where you have to, uh, you know, work through that with the team and, and really, uh, you know, be your best. Yeah. And, and obviously not to get into the weeds of it, cause I don't want to publicly give sure. our strategy so that everybody that's like, yeah, I, I heard how Tim wants to defend this. So I, I know what we're doing, but how do you go about, you know, thinking about this from a strategic perspective is uh, you made an interesting point of how do we defend it on our worst day? Is that, yeah. is that one way to look at it? Yeah, that's, that is part of it. So I, I certainly start with a few things, right. For any company I've come into, I've been at a few through my career. Um, it's always, you know, people first, uh, process second, technology third. Um, and there's, a, there's a few things. I mean, you actually just said one, one of the key principles I always think about is yes, you're, you're only good at, you know, as good as how well prepared you are. Um, so the ability to continually exercise and continually iterate your, your, the muscle mass that you have in the organization collectively um, to deal with those really bad days um, is, has become more and more critical. I think a couple, I mean, I've got a few principles. It's kind of funny. I have a 22 year old son who keeps telling me I need to actually start writing things down and, and sharing things with people to, to help mentor them. But, but certainly uh, there's a few principles that we're driving within the company uh, around crown jewels. So number one, you know, you can't protect everything. Right. So let's protect what matters the most, um, you know, to the company. So we do have a crown jewel program that's focused on really making sure that around the businesses that run our, our revenue, greatest revenue, our reputation as a company, um, we're really investing there and making sure that those systems are, are well protected. Mm-hmm. But so that's one. Uh, I certainly, like I said, people first. We've spent a lot of time, I would say, professionalizing the role of security within the company, number one. Um, you know, so if I'm a security person, I know what role I'm in. I know what I'm supposed to do. I have that learning journey to become, you know, to go from an apprentice to an expert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in you my give them career, the Fridays off too, as well. To yeah, the, to yeah, well, you know, that, that's that's uh, that that's something we probably should talk about, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, I think uh, maybe we don't say that uh, like, like other companies, but certainly, I think it is well worth almost having that no no uh, meetings Friday, um, so people could actually go do something that's uh, you know in, in, in helping them, you know, in their learning journey as well. So. So, and I think one, you know, one of the principles I'll touch on is sort of this shifting left um, in, in terms of especially our designing security in from the, from the front, from the beginning um, is, is without a doubt a focus for us, um, you know, whether how we architect our products, um, how we actually build our code um, in the front end, because it's going to cost us 35 times more if we have to fix it after the fact. And that's, that's real data of analysis uh, for us to actually wow. clean up bad code later on, it's going to cost us a lot more. So we better do the work up front to make sure our, our systems are secure. Our code is secure um, and our customers are happy. 
That is interesting because I, I was going to ask you about that. Of how, how common is it really for you know for the the product development teams and engineering teams to actually be collaborating with security uh, traditionally? Like obviously now you're you're trying to get there, but is that something yeah. that has commonly happened, or is this kind of a new frontier that you're trying to uh, pioneer? Yeah. No, great question. It, it's actually been a new frontier over the last three years. So uh, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we believe we're making good progress. So, um, yeah, we certainly spend a lot more time with, uh, you know, all of the product teams and the product owners uh, mm-hmm. on, you know, uh, what we call, uh, you know, security by design, you know, and, and early decision making around our, our security architecture around our products. So, so that shift left has been occurring. And also, to be honest with you, and the discussion we've had at the top of the house is, you know, security is a feature set our customers care about. Let's talk mm-hmm. about it as a feature, just like we <laughs> talk about everything else um, and make sure it's prioritized with the highest priority. So so actually, it's kind of interesting because even in, in our development delivery calls with the board, uh, executive mm-hmm. board, security has, is separately reviewed as part of that uh, release program. So we got to make sure we're meeting our corporate requirements around security before delivery to our customers. So um, it's it's great. I mean, I, I think we've, we've done a very nice job. We still have work to do because it's such a challenging space. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I got to tell you, it's funny. My son just graduated with a computer science degree. And, you know, I always joke with him like, so how much security did you learn in those four <laughs> years? And, you know, I think I was, I actually went on parents week a day and, and I, I went to one class and I, he said, oh, I think I learned something about steganography in that one class you were in my uh-huh. freshman year. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so, so anyway, so we really do need to help our teams and enable them around security, whether it's in our tooling, whether it's in our processes, um, but clearly, you know, building that security culture into our, into our people and our teams too. That's funny. I picture, uh, you know, the product engineer sitting there coding and this guy standing behind him in like the black suit with the sunglasses on like, uh, yeah, don't do that. Do this. You know, it, does that, that's probably not accurate. Yeah, no, probably not accurate. No, definitely not <laughs> accurate. But uh, I like I like the way you're thinking. It sounds a little bit like the Matrix, maybe. But uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, you got yeah, you got to brand it right. You know, when you're working with a security team, you know, they're here to help us out. I, I guess that's an area they'd be a little intimidating. But uh, I would know. think so. Yeah, we, we definitely have been swimming upstream and shifting left with with the businesses. I'm sure. Listen, I, I know it's it's you know it's nearly impossible to uh, deliver code without any quality issues, right, or security yeah. issues. Um, but certainly, we're we're doing everything we can um, to enable the the developers to um, have checkpoints in our release. Um, to do everything. I like the idea though, that everybody has, you know, Neo standing behind them with a pair of glasses uh, yeah, ready to jump in. Or just an earpiece, you know, you can be in a, a, you know, a hoodie and jeans, but if you've got the earpiece in and maybe the sunglasses, I think the point comes across, right? That could do it. That could do it. <laughs> so I, I, I am kind of curious because I know we do have listeners that are, are product engineers, product management, uh, if you could kind of give them even just sort of a little bit of how to better work with, with your security team, is there any, anything you could advise? You know, I think this would be kind of interesting to hear your perspective on how they can help facilitate that conversation. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, we're certainly on uh, well, number one, I'll say we're looking for their ideas as well. Right. I mean, uh, good ideas don't all come from the security team. 
right? Yeah. So we need um, those who are doing the work to really say, hey, you know what? This is a priority for for me as well, for my team, um, and to bring those ideas forward so we can, you know, help solve problems. I mean, what, one of the areas that clearly we do more of is crowdsourcing um, of, uh, you know, identifying vulnerabilities in our software. Um, that's a service that's available to those teams, you know, that they can take advantage of. Um, you know, we've we've negotiated contracts with third parties to do that work um, to make our 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 software more secure. Um, so certainly, I, I'd ask them to come forward and, and partner with us because uh, I mean, I have a, a good sized team. I don't have a team big enough to be, to your point, sitting behind every developer, you know, in every location <laughs> around the world. Um, nor nor should I, right? I mean, I, yeah. I think the, the key here is everybody has a responsibility and security um, and we, we want them, you know, to enable them and help them in, in that journey. Yeah. So what, what was it about SAP that it excited you? Cause you know, you'd done the FBI, you'd done Cisco, you know, you'd been at uh, even you were at uh, was it Reuters, right? Uh, yeah. Thompson Reuters and general electric. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. what, what about, somebody, what about SAP? Like, was it just a new challenge? Was there anything in particular that made you think this, this is a cool opportunity? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I certainly won love challenges. Uh, you know, I've been a customer of SAP as well, many times in those, in those other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so number one, love a big challenge. Uh, you know, I, 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 in particular, I like the idea of being in the middle. I mean, in the sense we're in the middle of every industry, every type of customer um, from financial services, to defense industrial base to you name it, retail. Um, and we're partnered and or we are our own cloud provider, right? So mm-hmm. it's really unique in that way and the ability to have a significant impact um, for so many uh, types of customers and, and, you know, and globally, right? So, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I love a challenge. Um, good thing is I, I saw that the, the, the top of the house was very committed um, to supporting um, the efforts uh, that, that I obviously wanted to drive coming in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've, you know, they, they, their words have married up with their actions in, in helping us drive a, a more comprehensive security program for the company. And, and also with our customers. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're meeting with our customer advisory board on a regular basis. We're getting feedback from them uh, and we're, we're tying that back into our product roadmaps and how we deliver um, features, security features for them too. So, so uh, yeah, I, I love a challenge and we certainly had a, a challenge here and we're, we're, we're meeting uh, that, that challenge today. I was going to say that that sounded just as you talk through and put it in that framing. Uh, I was thinking that's kind of terrifying to think about having to, uh, you know, because I would think, is it really different for every industry or do you see the same type of, of issues or, or threats across the board? It's a great question. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's different and yet the same. I, I'm sorry to ask that, but, you know, <laughs> right. I won't accept uh, that. Yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, certainly for, uh, you know, and I meet uh, last year, I met with 150 customers, uh, had 150 customer meetings. Um, and fortunately, through my career, I know a lot of the security officers of our customers. Um, so certainly what's, you know, yeah, attacks against retail are very criminal oriented. 
against defense industrial base, our, our very nation state uh, and intellectual property focused. Um, so certainly, yes, we're, we're seeing a variety of attackers um, and a variety of techniques, uh, what we call TTPs, tactics, techniques, and procedures used by the bad actors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I think to, the, to your point, that means we have to be ready for just about anything on any given day um, in protecting our customers uh, and their data and, and, you know, and their brands uh, as well. So I think it is really unique. It can be scary. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm certainly uh, not adverse to scary situations, uh, you know, uh, so I, I, I try to keep a cool head. I try to manage through uh, even the worst of, of days. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're doing that uh, pretty well. Yeah, I was going to say, as you talk through this, I, I feel more comfortable about it. You know, you, you definitely give the air of, you know, it really is something to where uh, it, there I, I feel like cybersecurity in, inherently has this feel of, it's all threats. It's all doom and gloom. Uh, do you have a way or, or do you try to look at it from the other way if this is a real opportunity? Because I, I feel like if you can spin it that way, it opens up this whole new realm of thinking about it. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because even, even in my little notes I made for the meeting, I'm actually, believe it or not, an optimist. Um, even though <laughs> no, you that comes think, through, that comes through. Yeah, yeah you, you would think every security person is is not an optimist, but Believe it or not, yeah, no, I certainly am, am, am an optimist. I, I certainly see the flip side of goodness um, here in, in everything we're doing, um, even when dealing with you know the, some of these these actors uh, and threats that we're seeing. So, um, and, and that's all the, the it's also the beauty of that challenge, right? Is uh, you know how well can we collectively defend uh, and scale our our capabilities, uh, you know, in in protecting our customers. So. Yeah, no, I certainly see it as an op- a huge opportunity, right? Uh, yeah. Every day. Yeah. So, what what are some of the key priorities you've got just just for this year? Year. I know you mentioned ransomware was a very popular thing right now. Are there any yeah. sp- particular priorities you've got that uh, you're still looking to wrap up this year going into next year? Yeah, sure. Um, well, number one would be certainly yeah. We, we actually have been running uh, uh, tabletops around ransomware uh, scenarios and incidents. Um, so that's something that's very real. I can tell you that uh, more and more companies are every day getting hit. Uh, many of them are paying ransoms, mm. um, which, as you can imagine, is causing those bad actors to continue to do what they're doing because um, it's very lucrative uh, at the moment. So so you can feel good that we, uh, we have our playbook. Uh, we're, we're running through uh, those scenarios uh, and we have uh, both technical solutions and processes in place uh, to minimize, uh, you know, you can't eliminate it, but certainly mm-hmm. minimize those types of attacks against the company. Um, I'd say some of the other areas, uh, we continue to build our brand. I, I think when I, when I got here, um, the security team at SAP uh, was, was not as well known uh, in industry. We have to compete for talent. Um, and I can tell you that right now, I think the, the data shows it's going to be a 3 million person gap in jobs for cybersecurity. So we're going to be competing for a very small pool of talent between us and Amazon and Microsoft and Google. Um, and so we've been spending a lot of time building our brand as a security team externally with the HR team, with the recruiters, 
Um, we hired, uh, I think, well over 700 people last year across the whole company in security. Um, and we're continuing to, now we're engaging universities around early talent programs um, like Columbia and a few other schools where we want to get our hooks into them, you know, in their junior or sophomore year so that they want to come to SAP uh, and they see us in the same light as those other companies. So, so I think that that continues to be a big push for us. Uh, you know, I gotta leave, I gotta leave all this to somebody when I decide to go fishing, I think. <laughs> that's right. Where, where are you, where are you going to be fishing at there? Is there some uh, good know, spots outside Philadelphia? I, that's a, that's a, yeah, you know, the Jersey shore. I'm, I'm actually from New Jersey, believe it or not. Okay. I, you know, uh, the Jersey Shore, actually, not like the TV show, but I am. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, they're not fishing on that TV show. I, no, I, I they're not. I remember that as part of what it. What is it, Jim Tan Laundry or something? That's anyway, right. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I am from South Jersey uh, near Atlantic City. So, uh, uh, yeah, not not bad fishing. Not, I mean, it's not not exactly uh, Key West, but I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll catch a flounder here or there. Yeah, I was to say here in Alabama, we've got a lot of the bass fishing, which I just learned That's you can true. fly fish for bass. I had no idea uh, that that wow. was a thing because I That's was thinking, cool. you know, I, I'm you can't practically learn how to fly fish by going and fishing for trout in Montana every weekend. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, what's another way you could do it? I apparently, you know, it's funny. Somebody said to me the other day, you can fly fish in Pennsylvania and I don't know where, but uh, I'm sure there's I've never done it, but it sounds no. like a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, that's honestly probably the best hobby when it comes from the, the higher stress of, of, you know, the day job to, I'm just going to cast and reel for a couple hours. So I, right, I can imagine right. why that's the natural transition. You're not going to go into like, um, skydiving or something for your, your, your post-work, uh, uh career. No, no, definitely not. No, I, I think fishing sounds nice. Uh, I like to have coffee and breakfast, so that's about it. So yeah, no, listen hey, to the I'm ocean. You. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm curious. You mentioned the the work with Columbia, uh, that mm -hmm. kind of grabbing early talent. What what does that look like? Is it just a matter of of bringing in working students, uh, giving them an opportunity to actually contribute to what we're doing here at SAP? I, that that's kind of interesting yeah. to me as someone who's done college internships and stuff like that, and I just got coffee the whole time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, certainly uh, we've engaged with uh, Columbia University School of International Public Affairs, where we're collaborating with uh, them to identify and develop diverse talent in particular in cybersecurity. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, I, I always joke that I, I really want to infect you know, I use that as I'm trying to be funny, right? <laughs> I would. I'm trying yeah. to, you're trying to infect everybody with with cybersecurity as a career or just security in general as a career. Um, so we're working with them. Um, you know, we provided some funding to the university. Um, we're doing more internships with them, bringing talent into the company, and hopefully mm -hmm. we'll we'll land them as future employees. We'll help with the development of the curriculum uh, as well within the, the program around cybersecurity um, and creating you know, more job opportunities for those, uh, those individuals. So it's pretty exciting. And, um, you know, it's funny. I taught for a couple of years while I was a security officer mm -hmm. um, at, and uh, at the university level. And uh, I, there's nothing better than walking on a campus, uh, you know, as someone who's a little older now. And um, and seeing how excited, you know, uh, those kids are about their futures. And, uh, you know, so I, I think it's it's great that we're doing this. It's great that we're working, uh, you know, across SAP to, to make that happen. 
Yeah. I, I, and I have to admit, it just hit me that you liking to go fishing also tied into the job of, of fishing being something that is a common thing. H- have you ever fallen for a fishing attack? Cause I feel like if I was ever going to fall for something, that would probably be the one just, uh, if it was done well enough, I, I, I could see myself being a sucker. You know, uh, not that I'm aware of actually. Uh. So, uh, but it's, it's possible. No, I, it's funny. Cause, uh, I think I had my whole family trained that if they get anything from anybody, whether it's a text, you know, they have smishing too, which is SMS phishing. Mm-hmm. They have whaling for executives. I mean, oh, we've I got heard names. Of that one. Yeah, yeah. Whaling is, is another one. They've got spear phishing now too, which is oh, very good. targeted. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think I've trained myself very well uh, to, to not click on, to not uh, open things from people I don't know, uh, don't mm-hmm. expect. Uh, and also, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm also so I am a little bit uh, 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 pessimistic, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it happens, but I'm still optimistic. Yeah. But but in terms of anything that says, you know, you need to open this right away uh. and. <laughs> If you don't open it right away, something bad is going to happen. I'm pretty sure that that's probably a phishing attack. That's, that's so probably a there big you go. Giveaway. Yeah, well, I wish. <laughs> I, that's 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 a good good tip. I, I remember the yeah. first time, um, and this was back when Craigslist was first coming around. Sure. Uh, I was selling uh, a car on Craigslist, and I got an email that said basically. Uh, you know, I'd love to buy your car, but unfortunately, I'm overseas. If you follow this link. Uh, and send me the money here, I'll get it to you. And I remember being ecstatic because they were going to offer me like 10,000 over ask. Right, and right. I brought it into my dad and I was like, check this out. He was like, I don't think that's real. And I remember <laughs> thinking, what do you mean it's not real? Like someone would send me an email and they would, you know, that concept was so foreign. So it's funny you mentioned that of it's probably like your kids ingrained, like they don't even think twice now at this point. They, they don't. It's 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 kind of funny. But you, you also don't want to go too overboard on it because then they just don't trust anybody. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think I think I've done a good job uh, in, in managing that. And I think we kept them out of social media until at least they were in their teens. So I think that helped oh, nice. a little bit, too. Yeah. So, well, I, uh, I, I know as we're wrapping up here, I'd be curious. I just got two more questions for you real quick. Uh, one of them, yeah. I, I would love to know as an SAP employee, if you had one tip that uh, we could implement in our day to day that would help you and your team uh, make the company more secure. What what would that be that I can consciously get up and know I'm helping Tim out by doing this today? I, I love that. So, um, well, I'll make it kind of simple, but uh, you know, actually, the ability to report incidents. Right. We we do find that a lot of people that you know, if they get a really targeted phishing email, they know what it is. They don't actually report it. So I think mm-hmm. reporting it to either our phishing uh, email at SAP or our cybersecurity team would be really helpful to us. It allows us to build up a bit of a, uh, uh, you know, analysis and the ability to defend them better so that those things don't land in either their mailbox in the future or anybody else's. Oh, that's cool. I thought I was hoping you just didn't say just change your password whenever it asks you to. No, <laughs> no, I, I I will say I'm not a big fan of passwords uh, myself. I would love to get rid of them uh, just uh, like anybody else. So. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. That's a great tip, though. Thank you. I because I, I, that's you know it's it's really easy to just hit delete because you're like, all right, I'm doing good for everybody by just deleting it. So. That's right. That's right. And that's what happens. That's what happens. Most people just delete it uh, or move it or whatever. So. 
Yeah. And, and, and to wrap it up, I know I, I was watching one of the interviews you had done and you mentioned you, you don't like to look out past like 18 months because the things kind of change from there. So sure. what are you looking at for the next 18 months that, that you're going to be focused on? And if it's fishing in 12 months, you can say that too, uh, on the Jersey yeah, shore. Yeah. I, I'm open to that as a response as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not going anywhere yet. So, uh, <laughs> that would be on the weekends, but, uh, so certainly, um, we're looking at how we build a, um, I would say a very resilient system using more automation, um, in particular. So, uh, how can we automate more and more of our processes, uh, as a company, uh, around security so that we know controls are in place, they stay in place. Um, we can monitor them and, um, and actually produce the reporting to say, you know, it still works. So I would say we're, we're focusing a lot more on automation, um, you know, and that's everything from asset management through to patch management to vulnerability management. Um, so that's going to be a big focus for us, I would say, for the next 18 to 24 months in particular. Um, I would say, uh, you know, that that's probably the, the biggest thing for I'm us. I'm sure that uh, brings it's enough, enough work it, in itself, right? It's it's massive. Yeah, certainly. It's it's a massive effort. Um, you know, our, our, our board is definitely focused on how can we take all the good work that we've been doing and make sure it, uh, it, it uh, you know, it, it materializes and stays in place for, for many years to come. And when, I, my biggest pet peeve is fixing the same thing twice. We don't want to fix it again. So, yeah, no, that's great. Well, Tim, I, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I think we knocked off everything and everybody's a little bit better uh, for cybersecurity. And if they're not, they can check out uh, everything you got going on next month as well. That's awesome. No, thank you again for the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun and uh, I, I look forward to, uh, to continuing to do this. Uh, if, you, if you need me again next year or at another time, uh, count me in. Absolutely. I'll, I'll just send you an email until you got a reply right now or else. Yes. I'm... <laughs> well, I mean, you can always offer like $20 gift card to Starbucks or something, you know, and it'll go away in 10 minutes if I don't respond. <laughs> I won't hear back, but I'll know it got used, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, Tim. Thank you.